bruh. Underdog must be out there. Gosh darn mind. If they think Mac Jones is completing over 20 and a half passes tonight in the dirty, dirty Buffalo. Out of their fucking minds. He hasn't hit this number three of the last five games. The two he did was against Atlanta and Tennessee, both awful pass defenses. And this game tonight, this game tonight per Roto Grinders weather app, which you could just type in on Google, Roto Grinders weather app, be able to find it. Generally, pretty ugly stuff. Temps just a few few degrees above freezing. Snow showers possible, but it's not a snow game. And winds around 25 miles per hour sustained to start with 45 mile per hour gusts. Winding down some, but staying impactful through the game. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Terrible condition for Mac Jones. He usually is not a high volume passer to begin with. And now you're putting these conditions in their form. Rookie game. At Buffalo, like, I, there's no fucking way he's completing over 20 passes. It's just not happening, all right? So we're going to go to underdog, and we're going to deposit for the first time, $10, $20, $50, whatever it is. And when you deposit for the first time and use promo code BDGE, you're going to get a 100% deposit match, and then you're going to nail Mac Jones. There's a couple other ones I like in that game, but that's by far and away my favorite. I think Damian Harris over, like, 45 rushing yards is cool. I think him over 6.5 receiving yards is cool, but y'all can pick the second one. Mac Jones under 20.5 completions is wonderful all right uh we nailed both of our underdog picks this weekend jt over 123 and a half we nailed uh ty johnson under 55 and a half uh, John, jt was over ty johnson was under y'all are the worst at this gambling shit i've been i've been on fire with my bra bets right to start my videos i'll miss like one of them They're like don't ever give gambling advice again I'm like nine and one in my last 10 up 422 units you'll be like i only bet on the one you fuck you fuck you you know nothing goes nothing goes bad faster than a fucking apple maybe melvin gordon's role in the denver backfield goes bad as fast because that shit gone after last night um what's cracking y'all how, how we doing my name is nicholas Welcome. This is BDGE. Big dogs got to eat fantasy football. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you're new here, we're going to be breaking down the game by game. As always, week 13, it was a hell of a week. Another dub secured in the E-Town get down and things are spicing the fuck up. I absolutely put the smack down on animal. I've started to realize that the way to watch games is like there's no point of checking your fantasy scores throughout the day. Um, refreshing it every like three minutes, five minutes, watching the scores go up and down. Like it's just so brutal. You're just continuously stabbing your seat. You're just continuously taking bites out of raw broccoli. You know, it's like, I want to do it. I should do it. And then you do it. And then you're like, fuck this. This sucks. Fuck you. Just don't do it. Cause there's no reason. I just, just, because with animals, I was like projected to win by like 70. The game started going and like it ended up being super close. And then I ended up blowing in the fuck out. So there's just no reason to put that extra anxiety on me when the game started. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Enough of me um, being super fucking annoying. I'm double chained up today. Let it hang. Two changes way too much. One's already too much, too many for me. How we doing out there? How's everybody doing in the comment sections? What up, G? What's good, Michael and Michael? Bing bong. Big facts. I can't wait to hit the Knicks game soon. Hello, Nova. Wolf maybe second, huh? Hit 200 plus on them hoes this week. Let's go, Wes. The plan is to bankrupt them. I don't want my equity in the company to be worth fucking anything. I want I want us to bankrupt them. You feel me? 
there's nothing in there besides dust. All right, let's uh, <laughs> Javante 316. Let's start. Actually, you know what? I want to start off with the injuries because there was a lot of them this week. I'm going to run through them super, super quickly. So Adam Thielen and, you know, as we go through the games, we're obviously going to talk about these players and talk about backups for the guys that were injured and who we can see kind of progressing into a bigger role. Um, our waiver wire video goes up every Tuesday morning about 5 a.m. I try to film it at halftime in the Monday Night Football game. So after you fucking nail Mac Jones under under 20 and a half completions, um, I'll be filming that. You could watch it tomorrow morning and, uh, and all that good shit. All right. So Adam Thielen, high ankle sprain. Going to miss some time for sure. Uh, that just probably means Justin Jefferson is going to go for 180. KJ Osborne will probably start settling into a few like 60 to 70 uh, yard type-ish games. I think he's intriguing. He had a, a little fire under, set under him in the beginning of the year. People got excited about him. Tyler Conklin becomes really, really interesting because he became like a really – uh, high volume target as soon as Adam Thielen went down. So Conklin's probably like my top tight end pickup for the week. If you are struggling there, I think he he might be like super solid going forward. Miles Sanders re-injured his ankle, uh, the same one he was dealing with to begin with. The problem with this is like one Boston Scott didn't play at all for some reason. He just like was healthy scratch, not a healthy scratch. He was just healthy and scratched out of the game plan. Kenneth Gainwell took most of the work behind Miles Sanders. Multiple problems here. They have a bye next week. So there's four teams on bye in week 14. We have the Colts, the Dolphins, the Pats, and the Eagles. All right. Um, so shout out to any of those weirdos that play in the double playoff matchup leagues. I actually think it's not weird at all. I think we're probably the weirdos for not doing that for the most part. But sucks because there's week 14 buys now. So if you're in the playoffs starting this week, you fucked. Uh, so Miles Sanders has this injury. Jordan Howard wasn't playing, wasn't active. They have the bye coming up. So I expect Jordan Howard to be back after the bye. Miles Sanders, I'm not sure. Uh, if I had to guess based on the research I've done thus far, he's not going to be bite for that week, which leaves him, Jordan Howard, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, kind of up for grabs touches. Now we've seen this this we've seen this music video play before. We've seen Kenny Gainwell with Miles Sanders get hurt. Kenny Gainwell, the game before, had a lot of touches. We get excited about him, and then it's the Boston Scott week or the Jordan Howard week or whatever the fuck it might be. Uh, so it's a carousel right now. And honestly, I'm not really making big moves on anyone in this backfield until we have uh, more clarity throughout the bye week. So I'm not dropping big fab on anyone right now. I think as we progress towards next week, you know, next Wednesdays might, you know, if they're not available for me, whatever, fuck it. I'll take that L, but I'm not really putting anything crazy on any of these guys. I think, I think it'll be a three-way committee. If Jordan Howard's back. He's probably the guy that I want to own the most of though. Kenyon Drake breaks his ankle. Jalen Richard was on the COVID list, which led to Josh Jacobs having a very big role in that backfield. I believe he had nine targets, nine catches, some sheesh like that. Uh, so Drake's out for the remainder of the year, but if Jalen Richard is healthy, he's probably going to play a pass catching role. But I mean, if he's not out there on the field, Josh Jacobs is looking like an absolute snack at this point. Tyrod Taylor hyperextended his wrist, tore some ligaments. Apparently Davis Mills is going to play next week. Uh, they are playing against Seattle. So this is like rocking a hard place where it's like Seattle's defense sucks, but Davis Mills might suck just a little bit more. So Seattle just randomly becomes a really good streaming option. So if you're one of those, leagues that like keeps game actually i guess seattle played already so you can't pick them up but they're definitely one of the top streaming options this week in terms of defenses because they get the davis mills daniel jones mike glennon i don't even know who the fucking third string is for the for the giants i'm gonna have to text snacks he probably knows like the third string fourth string who who's technically the fifth string because he knows who they would hire off the street uh let's go to depth charts here 
for Mr. New York Giants. Daniel Jones, Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm. Oh, my God. All right, so you want to... You want to pick up whoever the Giants are playing against next week. Because Daniel Jones is like, oh, it's the Chargers. You're not going to be able to pick them up. Fuck. But whoever's the Chargers wheels the fuck up. Uh, Daniel Jones, likely out versus L.A. Mike Lennon suffered a concussion. So 50-50 chance. He might be back, but he's fucking terrible too. Uh, but if those two can't go and it's Jake Fromm, oh boy. Oh boy. The Chargers defense might put up 25 points. Uh, Kenny Galladay also injured his ribs. He was like in and out of the game. I think he missed basically the last half of the game. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. So I think Shepard might be back next week. So if he's available, Kenny Galladay misses. Shepard could insert himself. Him and Tony could insert themselves back into like eight plus target uh, roles immediately. Joe Burrow dislocated his pinky on his throwing hand. Um, yeah, he looked really oh, like a lot of. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. He looked like uh, someone who, you know, put the popcorn in the microwave for like 17 minutes, went back into the room, recorded a video, and then walked back into the living room, forgetting that he had the popcorn in there. That's the kind of pain he was in. Uh, but he plans to play through it apparently. So Jalen Hurts with the ankle. Gardner Minshew did Gardner Minshew things. Uh, they've already announced Jalen Hurts as a starter for week 15 when they come off the bye, and I do believe them. So I'm not looking into Gardner Minshew at this moment. We're answering no questions when it comes to Gardner Minshew. Corey Davis, Ranger, the groin hamstring. All this means to me is Elijah Moore is basically a must-start every single week. Going forward, the rookie receiver is doing exactly what we uh, hoped he would do when we drafted him in startup drafts and dynasty leagues this off season. Logan Thomas. ACL tear, followed by the news that it was not confirmed ACL tear. Regardless, he's probably going to miss some time, if not the remainder of the season. Ricky Seals-Jones returned to practice last week. Uh, he was limited. I thought he was going to suit up, but apparently I guess they didn't really feel like they needed him because they had Logan Thomas. Now Logan Thomas is gone. Ricky Seals-Jones basically goes back into that role he had in the beginning of the year, which was like a low-end tight end one. So if he's back on your wire and you know you had Logan Thomas or you had Darren Waller or whatever, any of these guys that are missing time, Dan Arnold, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is super athletic. He's running 99% of the fucking routes in on every single snap, playing the Logan Thomas role. So I think Ricky Seals-Jones is another pickup that you can grab again this week. Uh, Darrell Henderson. Now, I think we finally settled on the fact that it was a strain in his quad. So that means it's a muscle strain. So think of this as like a hamstring injury, a calf injury, usually multi-week, okay? So the fact that Darrell Henderson had like a fake limited practice, didn't play at all on Sunday. He was active, but didn't play a fucking single snap. So Darrell Henderson, there's a very, very good chance he misses this upcoming week as well. Uh, I don't expect Sony Michelle to be available on anyone who plays in any sort of respectful leagues waiver wire, but they play the Cardinals Monday night, week 14. If Sony Michelle is available, uh, that's someone that you go, you go balls to the wall. In, all right. All right. So those are the injury takeaways. If y'all enjoyed that, if y'all enjoyed me being a doctor, I'm only technically a doctor, y'all know this. I got to put that on a t-shirt or some shit. Um, make sure you hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Let's get into the games. Let me open these big girls up. Beep, beep, boop, bop. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, 
shoobity boop bop. Skirt. All right, got them all up. This is ridiculous. Hey, Nick, thanks to you. I was able to get Sony Michelle from waivers and won this week. I'm leading my league undefeated 13. No, so far, I'm sure feeling the, the pleasure of pressure or pleasure of being undefeated. That's like a combination. You know, that's a pretty good word. A combination of pleasure and pressure. That's what molds champions right there. I can promise you, you being 13, you know, has absolutely nothing to fucking do with me, though. Thank you for the kind words. So this big girl up on the screen. Share. Share screen. Screen two. Oh, no, wait. We actually have to go screen one. Let me move that. Let me move this. Because I'm a fucking computer god. God. Girl, we did it. We did it. Okay. Uh, we'll start off with the Thursday night football game. Uh, I don't remember if we covered this or not. But key takeaways here are that Zeke is looking extra stinky, man. I hope they just I hope they just give him some time off, man. I really, really hope they give him some time off. If not, I think you just continue to play him and hope he gets those goal line carries. But he's obviously right now not 100%, and he looks more like an RB2 than uh, an RB1. And Tony Pollard, I think you continue rolling him out. But, like, be cautious here. There's a chance they give him a bigger role, but at the end of the day, he still saw seven carries and caught two passes, all right? So it's not like we should expect 75 yards and a touchdown every time if this is the carry load. So so don't don't be looking at Tony Pollard as like a, a low-end RB1 or nothing like that. Just, you know, have this have this in your mind. Taysom Hill, you just, you just got to start him if you have him, man. Somehow, like the worst fucking game of all time ends up with like 24 fantasy points. There's no one that you could really uh, start – anywhere else on this team outside of Alvin Kamara when he returns, which I hopefully expect to be this week. I mean, I don't know. Um, let me pull up NFL schedule grid as always, as we go through these games. Oh, they play the jets. Please Lord, please Lord. All fucking mighty have Mr. Alvin Kamara bike for us. Let me uh, get my socials off the screen. Make sure you're following me on the socials at Nick Ercolano, E-R-C-O-L-A-N-O. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, listen, if Kamara misses time and you have Mark Ingram, like, I, I definitely think you're starting him again next week against the Jets. Like, no, no fucking brainer. I think we probably look at his ceiling a little bit lower now, though, because Ty Montgomery is so involved. I mean, they're just looking for pass-catching weapons, and... Ingram had two uh, targets. Ty Montgomery had seven targets. I feel like I feel like I should have been more on this. Like I, I I thought about this multiple times throughout the week and never just like put it on air. I was like somehow Ty Montgomery is gonna be a fuck boy and have way too much work in this one. Um, and it happened. But against the Jets, I wouldn't be surprised if Ingram goes like fifteen for eighty five touchdown catches three passes for twenty eight fucking yards. So Ingram Ingram is fine again if if Kamara misses another week. Let's move to the Bucks Falcons. This was just fucking gorgeous, man. This this was you know this was the first year I actively went into my drafts looking to stack a quarterback with a wide receiver on my redraft teams. And in the E Town Get Down, my stack was the Tom Brady and Chris Godwin, and uh, this was a pretty pretty pleasurable, pressurable, whatever that fucking word was. Uh, week for that stack. Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does against the Falcons and just makes us all, as Falcons fans, borderline suicidal. Four touchdown passes. Uncle Lenny keeps absolutely raking in 
touches and targets and just everything beautiful. Rob Gronkowski, high-end tight end one. Fournette, eight targets in a game where they win by two touchdowns. I mean, there's nothing stopping this dude from being a, you know, a top five running back. I'm pretty sure uh, Underdog is opening up best ball drafts for the playoffs as well as probably 2022 drafts like really, really soon. I'm, I'm super excited to see where uh, both of these running backs on these two teams – like Fournette, Corderell, like if you're say, say you started a fantasy league right now and it's just from now through like week 17, I think Fournette and Corderell are probably both first round picks. We, we might have like too many good players, but like there's no way there's a lot of players that you're taking above Leonard Fournette at this point. He's probably like, you know, there's number six or seven pick at this point. Corderell is probably a back end first, if not like pick 12 through 15 in that range. But both of these guys are so fucking good, man. And, and just so involved in their offenses. Um, any other takeaways? Uh, Russell Gage, another big game. So he was a guy that I said you could definitely start, uh, you know, here and there. I mean, he's going to give you the Doug games. He's basically, you know, he's just the, the fucking, he's just the black Cole Beasley, man. Like he's going to put up 11 for 130 games and he's going to put up donut games, man. The same, same thing. Uh, but right now, Russell Gage is playing on a team that doesn't have Stefan Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders or Gabriel Davis, you know? So Russell Gage seems like he's a nice solid piece of this offense is going uh, to continue to lead them in the, in the receiving game. Cardinals, good to see uh, Mr. Kyler Murray back, man. Um, Kyler Murray doesn't do much in this game. He's not asked to do much, right? Uh, only 11 completions, 123 yards, but two touchdowns to the air, two touchdowns on the ground. Safe to say he's fully bike. Uh, so Kyler will lead team to teams to championships down the stretch. Let's look at their schedule. Uh, they have the Rams, Detroit, Indy, Dallas. All right, so... You know, some tough games, some some not so tough games. Um, Indy's not good against the pass. Dallas can definitely pass the ball on Detroit as well. So Rams are tough, but, you know, Kyler can just get it done however the fuck he wants. James Conner continues to be a high-end RB1. Now, Chase Edmonds is is expected to be back next week, I believe. But at this point, this is something we were saying before Chase Edmonds even got hurt. This is what worst-case scenario is James Conner is just going to have exactly what Kenyon Drake had last year, where he was getting 18 to 20 carries and all the goal line work. So even if James Conner sees like a slight downtick in the receiving work, I I mean, you're still throwing him into your lineup without a doubt as an RB1. So no worries about Chase Edmonds coming back. I think Chase Edmonds has a really, really diminished role. I'm not looking to play him if he's active next week at all. First week back from the high ankle sprain uh, against the Rams. So like, yeah, he's not, he's not startable until we see it. On the other side of things, uh, nothing really to come away with. I believe Justin Fields should be back next week. I picked up the Packers defense to stream against the Bears next week. They're at home. The Packers pass defense has actually been like underratedly awesome this year. So the Packers are definitely one of my favorite waiver wire pickups to stream defensively. Mooney with a really, you know, uh, down game, unfortunately. But, you know, take take the highs with the lows there. He gave you two fucking monster weeks leading up to this game. Nothing else really from here. David Montgomery is, you know doing David Montgomery things and Khalil Herbert is an afterthought at this point. Unfortunately, he, he was fun. The Khalil Herbert season was, was a good time for me. Chargers Bengals. This was an exciting one until, until it wasn't uh, Herbert looked great. Eckler, nothing. There's never anything to take away from the Chargers side of things. You're just like, Oh, cool. Herbert's really good. Eckler's really good. Keenan Allen's really good. Mike Williams had a bounce back game. So good to see, but like it is what it is. All right. On the Cincinnati side of things. Um, Burrow struggled a little bit in this one, and then and then he kind of blew up towards the end of the game. T. Higgins was awesome again. Um, glad to see that trade that 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 trade target I had on him a few weeks back has been 
been paying off. So Higgins and Jamar Chase are clearly just like a 1A, 1B at this point. I'm not, you know, I'm not someone who dives into the fucking tape in the film, but maybe defenses have just completely narrowed in on Jamar Chase over the last month, month and a half of the season and haven't been, you know, targeting T. Higgins as, as, a, uh, as, a, as a guy, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. But they should probably fucking do that because he's really, really good. And it's not even it's not even like the defense is not playing him hard. He's just making some amazing throws. Uh, so Higgins and, and Chase for me are both like, basically top 15 guys at the position going forward on a weekly basis. Cincinnati has San Fran at Denver, Baltimore, KC. Um, so actually more tough defenses than not, but Denver hasn't been great against the pass. Baltimore lost Marlon Humphrey. Um, KC is, you know, is what it is. So yeah, I'm I mean, you're starting Higgins every week. You're starting chase every week. Tyler Boyd is not a guy I want to start, but you know, you, you can probably start him. Joe Mixon looked like he was banged up for a second, but came back in the game, ended up, you know, getting into the end zone, which was nice to see, but Man, there's just some games where Mixon just looks super sluggish, and this just happened to be one of them. He's just not – listen, like Mixon has been great this year for fantasy. Um, been great this year for fantasy, top five guy. But you could just like clearly tell when you watch the guys play. In my opinion, like you watch Austin Eckler play. You watch like Jonathan Taylor play, and you're just like, those guys are in another fucking stratosphere than, than Joe Mixon. Like Joe Mixon, run, you know, fucking plays tough he's like he's basically like you take josh jacobs and make him a little bit better in every part of the game and that's and you get joe mixon but nothing like stands out he's not like great in the passing game yes he's athletic but um you know he's not like a big time play guy you know nothing like that but you know this is just one of those games that's probably going to come with it which sucks because the Chargers are the worst fucking run defense in the nfl but you know naturally this is what happens Vikings Detroit. Okay, so Vikings, we went over the Adam Thielen injury um, and the top three receivers, of course, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson might just pop off for 200 yards a game for the remainder of the season. That, like, really, really is within the range of outcomes here. Tyler Conklin, one of my favorite waiver wire pickups. KJ Osborne is, you know, not someone I'm, like, dying to get in, but he'll probably be the wide receiver, too, here. So he's intriguing. Alexander Madison has a, you know... Like Alexander Madison has a bad game and still fucks around and puts up a better game than Dalvin Cook has all year. So quick, a, a light fucking 20 points from Alexander Madison. Got stuff on the goal line a couple times. Could have been like a 25, 30-point game for him if he really wanted to fuck around and try a little bit. But Dalvin Cook can never. So I hope they just sit Dalvin Cook's ass for the rest of the year. Put his ass on IR and let Madison ride us to the fucking chip. Detroit got a dub about fucking time. Um, Jamal Williams, 17 carries. Wasn't as involved in the passing game as we wanted to. One of the one of the props I did pay, take this this uh, week that I wasn't as confident in, so I didn't put it out to you guys in the public. But uh, Jamal Williams over sixteen receiving yards. I thought it was going to be a lock. I thought you know he was going to even if it was going to be like four yards per catch. I thought he was going to catch at least four to five passes, but it does not seem to be the case. And uh, you know Amir Abdullah, people were like, oh, he's like the guy he didn't get a fucking oh no wait, Amir yeah he didn't get a fucking carry or a target. In this game, it was Jamar Jefferson who came back from it, so we're not worried about him. But Jamal Williams is the guy. If uh, DeAndre Swift continues to miss time, which I believe he's supposed to probably miss next week, they play Denver, so that's a beatable matchup. Um, I think you play Jamal Williams again. I think you're looking at him as more of like a flex play, though, than someone. He's not going to get that many scoring opportunities, and maybe he's not that involved in the passing game. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, 10 for 86 and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds is like somehow relevant again. I'm not like really, really about to start either of those guys. Um, I guess I'm on Ra if you're in a PPR, like a full PPR league, and you need a flex play. Like, I'm okay with it, but I'm not excited about it. You know, man, Hawkinson has been, like, great this year for fantasy. You know, he's, like, more often than not giving you double-digit points. Four for 49 and a touchdown on this one, even eight targets. But you could so clearly see, like, 
this is one of those situations. I, I I think the argument for a lot of players with this argument is a terrible fucking argument. I think a lot of times we'll be like, oh, they just added another piece on the outside. That's going to help him free up space. And the other, the guy on the other side is actually an advantage. Like, no, you add a good fucking playmaker that's getting 15 targets a game. No, that doesn't fucking help the other receiver. Okay. But with TJ Hawkinson, you can tell every single play they're double teaming him. Like every single time they got a safety or a cornerback or a linebacker, two of the three on top of Hawkinson. And it's leading to guys like fucking Brock Wright getting three targets a game and these other tight ends being involved because Hawkinson has doubled on every fucking play. So I hope that by this time next year, Detroit used a first round pick on a wide receiver that helps spread the defense out a little. This is like one of the very few cases I believe that bullshit narrative would actually help Hawkinson. Because if, if you own Hawkinson and you watch any amount of Lions games, you see it, it's like every single time he's tar, uh, he's double teamed. So the fact that like he's even putting up these fantasy points is pretty beautiful to see and lets me know a little bit of what's to come next year. The Giants are fucking miserable. As always, Saquon is like, man, say I gotta start, I gotta start um ranking Saquon like borderline not even in the top 20 anymore because he's just not getting it done, man. Evan Ingram's been pretty good at the tight end. Kenny Galladay got hurt again. Um, but as I said, Shepard and Tony might return to play next week. So keep an eye on that. If one of those guys gets back and the other one doesn't, they would be a startable flex play right off the rip. I think I would probably flex either of them, depending on the QB situation, depending on Kenny Galladay and shit. So as always, this, this entire Giants offense has just been a, a stream of moving parts week in and week out. On the flip side of things, nothing to really take away from Miami. Uh, business as usual. This was the first game back for Devontae Parker, so it was really good to see Waddle still get 11 targets, 9 for 90. Parker becomes a, a definite uh, waiver wire pickup. So he catches all five of his targets for 62 yards. He's like he's clearly got uh, a lot of confidence from Tua's side of things. So Waddle, Parker, Gasicki, good to see all them stay super involved in this offense. So uh, keep riding them because they have a great schedule down the stretch, I believe. It's uh, they have. OK, well, they have a bye this week, but they have the Jets, the Saints and the Titans, all really, really beatable pass defenses. So Parker is a guy that's interesting on the wire. Eagles and Jets. Uh, we already went through Minshew Mania. We talked about this backfield already. Goddard. What a what a nice little uh, what a nice little sexual experience him and Minshew had together. So Goddard, you got to feel super confident about that. But Hurts will probably be bike after the bye. So. On the Jets side of things, uh, Tevin Coleman does his best like Rex Burkhead impression and gets the majority of carries and doesn't do anything with them. So, again, he's still like an awful, awful flex play for the most part. And uh, as we saw, Corey Davis re-injured himself. Again, Elijah Moore becomes a must-start every week. I, th I guess this makes Jameson Crowder a little bit interesting, but like really, really no ceiling there with uh, with Crowder. Colts Texans this was you know the, the most obvious fucking game script of all time Colts dominated Jonathan Taylor 32 carries 143 yards two touchdown scores Michael Pittman looked amazing in this game so no real takeaways from the Colts side of things that we didn't already know Houston again Tyrod Hurt Davis Mills was so 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 bad um, you're literally just not able to start anyone on Houston doesn't matter that Rex Burkhead is getting all the carries doesn't matter that Brandon Cooks is leading the team in targets like no one's doing anything so uh Every single player is unstartable in Houston. Washington, Las Vegas. This was a this was kind of a fun game, I guess, to watch. It came down to the to the wires. It was a little bit exciting. Uh, Taylor Heineke. Listen, I get it. He's exciting, but he's really not good at all. He's not a good fucking quarterback. And I already know Washington's going to be like, all right, we'll give him twenty twenty two season to see what we've got with him. Let's let him be our guy. I guess I wouldn't be that mad about it if they gave him like a two year thirty million dollar extension, but like. 
listen, he makes some good plays and he's exciting and yada, yada, yada. But more often than not, dude, he just sails balls. His accuracy is really, really on display or lack of accuracy a lot. He's had like multiple touchdowns over the last few weeks where like, you know, Logan Tom or like some of these guys just make amazing catches that have no fucking business being touchdowns. That happens a lot with Heineke. I, I, I get it. He's exciting. I don't think he's good at all. Uh, Logan Thomas, again, probably torn ACL. So Ricky Seals Jones is my favorite target. Curtis Samuel starting to get more involved, like three touches for negative two yards. Horrible. And I guess, you know, just even looking at that is actually disgusting to think about um, suggesting to pick his ass up. I guess the takeaway here, one, like Terry McLaurin is, man, it sucks, man, because Taylor Heineke sucks, which means Terry McLaurin more often not is going to suck. Antonio Gibson has looked so good. Soon as I said to trade him, he's just looked amazing since then. Getting an unbelievable amount of touches. JD McKissick out for this game, of course. Wendell Smallwood didn't really play a role. Um, so Gibson, you know, top twelve guy rest of the season for sure. On the Raiders side of things, we'll have to, you know, see what's good with Jalen Richard, Kenyon Drake out for the season. Uh, Renfro, you just fire up every single every single week at this point as a flex play, if not higher. Another ten targets, nine catches, one hundred two. Foster Moreau, really, really disappointing game. You hate to you hate to see it. But as I've been saying for a long time, man, this was for like at least a month now, this Washington defense has been into its form that we were scared about with this team at the beginning of the year. Now they get Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. So um, you know, that's it's a tough matchup for the offenses that are going against Washington now, man. They've come into form, and it's not an easy matchup any longer. Jaguars versus Rams. The Jaguars continue to like run their offense through players like Carlos Hyde, Laquan Treadwell, and James O'Shaughnessy. Like, what the fuck are you going to do there? Just so, 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 so bad. I will continue to play James Robinson in my lineups, but like, man, this is a brutal, brutal game. And I mean, it's against the Rams, so it's you. You couldn't have really been expecting much. They're one of the toughest run defenses, but they play Arizona next week, which is a really tough pass defense. Seattle is a terrible run defense, so. You're still starting James Robinson for sure, but I'm probably going to start to rank him in the running back like 15 to 20 range rather than a top 12 guy or, you know, probably closer to the 20 range. But I don't know. I guess you could look at Laquan Treadwell if you really fucking want to, but I, I'd, I'd rather not. Rams, uh, business as usual. We already talked about Darrell Henderson possibly missing this week's game. Van Jefferson, six for 41 and a touchdown. Good to see Odell. So Odell, two for 28 and a touchdown. So he kind of got it done fantasy-wise because he made a you know a beautiful catch in the in the back of the end zone to score. Uh, Odell could have had a much bigger game. Stafford overthrew him multiple times. Um, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about Odell rest of season. Like I think I'm gonna have to play him in the E Town get down as one of my flex spots next week, and I'm completely fine with that. So he had five targets, but he should have probably caught two more of those for an extra like 35, 40 yards. Um, they're taking deep shots with him. He's playing a near full time role. Uh, the Rams get Arizona, like I said, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore. So schedule going forward is really not that difficult. And uh, I think OBJ is like really, really involved in this offense. So I will be starting him in flex spots going forward. Ravens Steelers, man. I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Ravens offense. I guess it's, it's just like a matter of the injuries. At, at one point, I guess like, you know, losing all these running backs and losing these offensive linemen and whatnot are starting to really show because Lamar Jackson got fucking sacked gotten sacked more than fucking santa claus out here man lamar jackson eight carries 55 yards just not a, not a good fantasy day overall which obviously hurts guys like brown andrews um but as you can see freeman is the clear clear lead back so if you own him you know he's a pretty good rb2 going forward because more often than now he's getting into the end zone uh 14 for 52 on the ground he had 14 carries latavius murray only had two he also had eight fucking targets uh caught five of them. man that makes me so sad thinking about what what jk dobbins could have been this year devonta freeman getting eight targets oh, boy um, 
Latavius Murray, two targets. So clearly the backfield is Devonta Freeman's. And he's looked good, man. Like there's no, no doubt about it. Devonta Freeman's not just getting shoved into a volume role. He's actually, I feel like he's earned it. So shout out to, uh, shout out to the GOAT, Devonta Freeman. Pittsburgh side of things, uh, what do we got here? Anything? Deontay Johnson does what he does best and literally goes for 100 yards every single fucking game. Um, Pat Fryermuth, you know, disappointing game, but I think you kind of look at him as like a, kind of like Hunter Henry, but probably a little bit more involved in the offense where like, a lot of times you're probably going to need a touchdown to really feel good about his fantasy day. Uh, Chase Claypool is borderline unstartable. Najee Harris, it's kind of been disappointing, but like you know, 26 touches, what the fuck are you going to do besides put him at your lineup? Broncos Chiefs. Uh, this was so ugly for Teddy Bridgewater, man. I, I feel so bad for Teddy. I, I don't feel so bad for Teddy. I, I feel bad for the Broncos organization because they can't do anything besides play Teddy. So... Uh, I mean, the only storyline in this fucking game was Javante Williams, man. Melvin Gordon out. Javante Williams, 23 carries, 102 yards on the ground. Nine targets leads the team. Nine targets. That's like a 23% target share. Six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. So you're talking about nearly 180 yards from scrimmage, 29 touches, 32 opportunities, and a score. Uh, this felt like it was super fucking obvious. Like there was no way Javante Williams is going to come out here and have a dud game. They just, the Broncos offense simply does not allow, uh, the way they run for the running backs to have a dud game. It's just opportunity after opportunity, both in the passing game and on the goal line. Like they had, you know, if, if they had to choose between letting Teddy throw the ball in the goal line and inserting a needle into their fucking Rajol, it's Melvin Gordon time. We'll put it that way. So Melvin Gordon, um, when he comes back, what's going to happen? That's the billion-dollar question. I'd love to say I feel confident that Javante Williams is going to keep a role like this, but I don't think that's going to happen. Do I think he clearly runs away with the 1A role now? Yeah, impossible not to after this game. They like Melvin Gordon, though, man, and they like having a timeshare because they give the running back so many fucking touches. Um. But this this could turn into like a Javante Williams or a uh, James Conner Chase Edmonds situation where it's really just like situational pick and choose where you want to use Melvin Gordon because how can you watch last night's game and not just want Javante to run away with the starting job? So he can, you know, as we've been saying since like midway through the season, Javante Williams very likely to be a league winning guy if he just gets the opportunity because, I mean, look at the next fucking five games. Detroit, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, L.A., like four of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Not Cincy, but they'll get the fucking point. Um, so, you know, if you have Javante, like, doesn't matter what Melvin Gordon's status is. You're starting him every single week as a, a, probably a high-end RB2 going forward. So shout out to the people that held him for this fucking long. On the KC side of things, uh, nothing really to take away from I did see an interesting tweet that someone was like, Darrell Williams is basically like, should, should have the James White from the New England role, and they just need to buy into that. And I feel like that's the case. Uh, but, you know, Clyde Rosselaire, three catches, 28 yards, 14 carries, 54 yards. Well, Williams, clear afterthought, but he is very involved in the receiving games, which is hurting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's ceiling, as is Patrick Mahomes throwing for 184 yards and zero touchdowns. But, I mean, I guess this is just like more of the same for Kansas City, man. Like, every, when they're on offense, you don't even feel confident that you know anything close to what their identity is, man. It's just like we have no idea what to expect on any given drive or any given play or the outcome, right? Like, for so long, we were so confident in Patrick Mahomes, like, delivering for us fantasy-wise. But at this point, I I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I think you continue to start Mahomes, Clyde, 
Kelsey and Hill because we know who they are, but games like this are probably going to happen over the next four weeks as they play Vegas, Chargers, Pittsburgh, and Cincy. Four very tough pass defenses. Um, Damn, that's a brutal fucking schedule down this late. All right, well, I think that is mainly the recap. Let me put my ugly fucking face back up here. How we living? How we doing? How you learn? Everybody okay out here? Javante, 106 next year. I mean, listen, if Melvin Gordon's gone, hard to argue it. He was a steal in the second round. Amazing how so many pass on Javante in the draft. You mean in the NFL draft? Yeah. Um, I mean, that happens every year. Teams are so bad at evaluating running backs. It's so odd. I feel like it's so – like, Dynasty Twitter is terrible at, like, 99% of things that they do and always wrong about shit that they say. But, like, I feel like evaluating running backs is really is pretty fucking easy. Like the Chiefs taking Clyde over Jonathan Taylor seems like the dumbest fucking thing of all time, and it wasn't that hard to see at the time. E Town get down recap. Uh, I mean, you'll get it on you'll get it on Friday when we release. I think we're gonna film at the headquarters tomorrow, so you'll get the recap. I beat the fuck out of Animal. I think Snacks lost again, and Snacks is on like a five or six game losing streak. Honestly, well, last place lost. But Snacks is two games up on last place, and there's three weeks left. So I don't think it happens, but there's a possibility. There's a possibility. Snacks could take last place, which I would fucking love because all he does is talk shit when he's in, like, fourth place, and then the, and then slipping Snacks happen like I fucking predicted. Just got an A in my homework. Okay. Javante is the Swift of 2021. I mean, Javante's just game that he just put up right now, I feel like was higher than any Swift game has ever had in his career, no? 49ers pick Sermon in what round? The third round, I believe. So as as always with these lessons, like every single year, third there's always third round pick. I, I had a tweet. I want to put up a tweet, actually. Hold on. Let me see if I could... about rookie running backs and their and the draft capital. Uh, man, what was the words I used in the tweet? Oh, I did. Let's fucking go. I found it. So this is the way we should all approach um rookie running backs based on draft capital. It's the easiest way to like get somewhat correct with it. Hold on. Let me pull it up. How do I get your fucking comment off? RB draft capital opportunity in a perfectly capitalistic world. Round one, immediate starter. Round two, immediate committee with starter upside. Round three, immediate opportunity to compete for big role. 
Round four, upside with uphill battle for immediate role. Round five plus dynasty Twitter making up fairy tales. This might have been the smartest thing I've ever tweeted. And I think this is perfectly correct. Um, this is almost exactly how it works out for the NFL in terms of draft capital with running backs. Okay. Round one, you don't really question it. 90% of the time, the running back picked in round one becomes the immediate starter. Round two, you're looking at guys like DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams, immediate committee, right? They're, they're going to have a role from the rip with starter upside. They could earn that role. Round three is immediate opportunity to compete for a big role. It's guys like Trey Sermon, but you have to understand like those guys hit you know, 50, 50% of the time, like David Montgomery, I believe was a third round pick. So sometimes you're getting Trey Sermon where he has the immediate opportunity to compete for a big role. It does not mean that he is immediate big role. So sometimes it turns out to be David Montgomery. Sometimes it turns out to be Trey Sermon, but understand as you get down the draft capital list, like the likelihood of those guys being a hit is smaller and smaller round four upside with uphill battle for immediate role. Any round four running back that you you know, you hear about someone in Dynasty Twitter is going to love like Kenny Gainwell. Yes, they all have individualistic attributes that make them have upside, whether they're really good at pass catching or, you know, they ran a 4-4-40, whatever it is, but still uphill battle for an immediate role. And we have no idea if they ever will. You know, anyone picking around five or later, super, super small chance that they have uh, any sort of big role off the rip. Drop Corey Davis. Yeah, you can definitely drop Corey Davis at this point. He re-injured his shit. Drop JD McKissick. Um I'm I'm fine with it if you need if you need a roster spot. I thoughts on multiple IDP positions in Dynasty. I have literally never played in an IDP league, redraft Dynasty, anything, so I can't, I'm not really one to speak on it. Drop Foster Moreau. Everyone's going to drop Foster Moreau, and then he's going to have a big game next week. I would, I still, I still think I'll probably have Moreau ranked inside like the top fourteen. So if you can't pull a guy like that, you know, a top thirteen guy, I'd probably hold on to Moreau. Yeah, that makes sense, Tom. You're right. Even though there's like five rookie running backs like that. Thoughts on Bateman? Is he droppable? Yeah, he's probably droppable. Even even in the games he like played well, his best games were still only like nine to ten points half PPR. Thoughts on Pollard rest of the season start him? Yeah, I'll start him for sure. Elijah Mitchell and Gaskin were six, seventh rounders. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, like it. Listen, Elijah Mitchell, like no one really hyped up Elijah Mitchell more than I did. I loved Elijah Mitchell. I also like Trey, Trey Sermon a lot too. Um, I made a full dedicated ass video to Elijah Mitchell. If you want to go watch that on my YouTube channel, I think it was like the 220 pound workhorse that nobody is talking about. Um, super, super high on him and like, before the draft um yeah i mean listen like obviously it's not fucking black and white not there's not a fucking mathematical equation to how this works yeah i'm fine to drop antonio brown if you can if you need the roster spot what's your perfect league setup uh super flex for sure super flex um Two running backs, two wide receivers, two regular flexes, wide receiver, running back, tight end. Um, we took defenses out of one of the leagues that I'm in, but I actually like defenses. No kickers for sure. Definitely no kickers. Um, I like I like defenses. So one tight end, definitely some sort of tight end premium. I don't know if it's like – I like half PPR for like regular scoring settings and then 
tight end premium with them getting one point, I think is probably my preferred. Some of the dynasty startups I did this offseason, we did it where it's half PPR for running backs, full PPR for wide receivers, and 1.5 for tight ends. Which I once you start to do all these customized rules, it gets a little it gets a little confusing, especially if you're in like seven or eight leagues where you're trying to keep track of like the value of each position. So I'd keep it simple. My I, I think right now what we have in the E Town get down is perfect. I think it's super flex, like one quarterback, one super flex spot, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, two regular flexes, and defense. Half PPR, but full PPR for tight ends. That's it. And I like 12-team leagues, but yeah, I mean, listen, if you have 14 people to play, play it. Don't matter. All right, y'all. That's going to be it for this video. Uh, Thank you for hanging out. Uh, As always, you know, go check out Underdog Fantasy. Go hit that Mac Jones under 20 and a half completions at Buffalo tonight. Um, When you deposit on Underdog for the first time, use the promo code BDGE. We're on fucking fire with these player prop games. BDGE will get you a double a double deposit match on whatever you throw down for the first time. All right. Um, make sure you hit the thumbs up. If you enjoyed, subscribe to the channel. If you're new, we'll be back tomorrow morning with our waiver wire pickups for week 14. Ooh, ooh, we here. We out here. Love you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.